Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I'm a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and happenings in modern China through a historical lens. Today, we discuss how Asian people enjoyed winter games in China. From Asian hunters hitting the slopes to skating soldiers and alcohol-fueled sledding sessions, China's north has hosted centuries of snow and ice sports in 2005, cave paintings dating back around 10,000 to 20,000 years depicting hunters on skis were discovered in Altai Prefecture of northwest China's Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. Experts believe that skis like these, made of horse hide and wood, have been in use for more than 10,000 years in the area till today. It is the earliest record of any snow sport in human history. Fast forward 10 millennia, and pop idol Jackson Yi marvels at the Altai cave paintings in a date with snow and ice. A short film premiered in October 2021 to promote the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. He then hits the slopes with skier Gu Ailin Ailin, the American-born free skier for Team China, who went on to win gold for China in the Women's Free Ski Big Air event on February 8, silver in free ski slope style on February 15, and another gold for free ski half pipe on February 18. According to historical records from the Sui and Tang dynasties between the late 6th and early 9th century, tribes of Mongolian and Kyrgyz ancestry rode on wooden boards as they hunted on snowfields. Records of Song dynasty, which was from 960 to 1279, mention an ice game played by members of the royal court during the winter. But these records do not go into further detail. During the Qing, China's last imperial dynasty, Ice games were held regularly for military purposes. The Qing was established by the Manchu people from the northern steppes of China's northeast. Qing founder Nur Hazi, who lived from 1559 to 1626, organized a special force equipped with ice skates. The Qing was most prosperous under the 60-year rule of Emperor Qianlong in the 18th century. He was known for indulging in luxury literature and art. He hosted a Winter Games event every year in his imperial gardens in Beijing, now open to the public as Beihai Park. The purpose was to train soldiers, preserve Manchu culture, and show the dynasty's military strength. Tribal leaders and foreign representatives were invited to watch the event. Emperor Qianlong ordered artists to paint scenes from the event, which he used as illustrations for his essays and poems. The works are the most important resources for academic research today on Asian royal winter games in China. Two of them are kept in the Palace Museum in Beijing. 
According to these paintings, Emperor Qianlong's writings and historical records, at least 1,600 soldiers competed every year in the games, which had three major events. One resembles the modern-day biathlon. Soldiers skated and shot arrows at a ball set above a gate near the emperor's throne. Whoever hit the ball three times won the contest. Another event was speed skating. In one of his essays, Emperor Qianlong described racers going so fast that they resembled flying bees, spooked ducks, and lightning and meteors. The third game was like rugby on ice. A referee threw a ball in the air and two teams scrambled for it. The team that secured possession won, and the emperor rewarded every competitor. There were also performances that included skate aerobatics, a precursor to figure skating. The skates resembled an iron plate tied to wooden shoes. Knee pads were also used. In the late 19th century, the Qing was controlled by Empress Dianger Cixi, another ruler who indulged in luxury. But by then, the Qing was in decline and the Royal Winter Games had been suspended for years. Instead, she ordered her imperial guards to form an ice skating team, but only to perform private shows for her. For one performance, the Chinese character won, meaning 10,000, a blessing for Cixi's long life, and four Chinese characters for Peaceful World were written on the ice. Then the ice skaters, holding colorful flags, skated along the lines. Ice sledding has been a popular activity in China's north. Riders sit on a small wooden bench or chair, which were pulled by others themselves along the ice with short poles. Some fixed iron stripes under the seats to make them glide like an ice skate. The earliest mention of ice sledding was in the dream pool ices. An encyclopedic work compiled in the 11th century by Chinese scientist Shen Kuo during the Northern Song Dynasty. During the Ming Dynasty between 14th and 17th century, ice sledding was already a popular winter pastime, often involving alcohol. Ice sleds were also used for transportation. Wang Youdun, one of Emperor Qianlong's senior officials, once rode an ice sled from Beijing to Tianjin, a distance of around 125 kilometers. In a poem about the tree, he wrote that the sled went faster than a good horse, and the experience was like flying in a boat. In a painting by Jin Tingbiao, a royal artist during Qianlong's rule, a group of children ice skate on a pond. They are depicted as laughing at two who had fallen after rushing ahead of the pack. After the fall of the Qing in 1911, commoners were finally allowed to enjoy the ice of Beitai Lake. Some former imperial ice game athletes would figure skate on Beijing's other frozen lakes, performing for ordinary people. Wu Tongxuan was captain of the team who performed at Beihai Lake for Empress Dianger Cixi. He continued to skate there after the fall of the Qing, performing martial arts movements while skating for the crowds. In the 1940s, Jack 
Wilkes, a photographer for American magazine Life, was sent to China to cover World War II. Among his photos include an old man skating on Beihai Lake. It is believed the man is Wu Tongxuan. Today, skating, skiing, and ice sledding are not only popular in China's cold north, but across the country. The modern Olympics has taken inspiration from depictions of the Qing Dynasty ice games for the design of the central garden of the Olympic and Paralympic villages in Beijing. Bring the Asian right up to date. That is end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer Song Yimin, editor and translator Li Jia, and copy editor JT. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. See you next week.